0: This is Thomas DePoen.
1: This is Max. This is Kevin Hamm. Hey, this is Jake Cook. Hi, this is William Roy. You're listening to The Green Box.
2: There was recently a post on Dennis Detler's Patreon about all the prompts for the Delta green scenarios, like here's a, here are all the scenario concepts from the published modules. The thing that uh, that I did was, was give all the, the, the prompts and like short descriptions. And what I thought would be a fun exercise for us is, this is similar to, you guys know that I like to talk a lot about Jane Wolf. And one of the writing exercises that he recommended people try is take a story that you like and try and write the story in your own style from memory without referencing the original text. But this exercise, I think, is even more fun because it's just take the premise and write your own scenario based on it. So we got the list of prompts for the, the official scenarios. There was also a list of some new prompts that he was encouraging the the, the subscribers to riff on. Um, if, those, if those inspire any of us, then we'll talk about those. And we thought it might also be fun to, if there is a... Fan-made scenario with a really cool premise to to do the same thing with that. I had an example of that that I had thought of before going into this episode to start us off with. There is a I'll, I'll read I'll read the prompt. The description of music from a darkened room is: What if a house was so haunted that it ate people so swiftly that few people even noticed? And when I read the prompt, I immediately thought of Dianea House. Is this something that anyone in this room is familiar with? It's
3: been it's been probably like a decade since I read it, but I have read it.
2: I read it recently. Dianea House is an old web fiction. Today it would be called a creepypasta, but it was actually, like, I think before that term was widely in use for this type of product. It was just a series of text posts and eventually, like, a... a, a a fake blog and a fake live journal page and an, or like archives of those nowadays, uh, about a guy who was investigating why his friend that he knew from childhood and like early adulthood went to a cafe and shot a bunch of people and his working backwards and discovering this occult conspiracy based around spooky house. And there's a set of revelations as you go through these, this essentially backscroll and this exchange of emails that you're only ever getting half of because it's only his side of the emails and not the person he's communicating with. And he has to find out why his friend had disturbing behavior changes even before the shooting and discovers that it was the result of his friend interacting with a house that he was asked to house sit and increasingly learning about the various properties of this Place of residence that were unsettling to everyone involved, like the fact that it had more floors on the inside than on the outside, and the various other people who had encountered what they felt was the exact same structure and other places. And as it goes further, it gets it's quite good, but then it kind of blows its load at the end because there's actually a live journal post by someone who is like hunting the houses and they are human servitors and goes very in depth on the mechanics of how the house works. And for the purposes of the story, this is quite bad because it gives away everything and makes it not good anymore. But for the purposes of trying to design an RPG product, this is great because one of the things that RPGs are are, di- are different compared to stories is that you need at least some idea of how things work because the players are going to interact with it. And in the text, there's like this description of, okay, so this house, uh, if you're inside of it for too long... Uh, these ropes come out and attach themselves to certain parts of your body and then they... It either, it'll either either eat you if it's hungry or if it's not hungry it will um, reprogram you somehow. And which, you know, we've heard this a thousand times before, but one of the cool things then is that you can identify which people have been uh, co-opted because they have sores on certain parts of their body where the tentacles zap them. And they have certain types of behavior like repetitive actions that they take and various other stuff. And... Um, I was talking to Tom about this earlier. Uh, This story seems like it would suffer from a similar weakness to um, Music from a Darkened Room, which is if a Delta Green agent learns about it, then they're probably going to incinerate it rather than go inside and investigate. But then what I thought of was something that was similar to a fix that you can do to Music from a Darkened Room if you're worried about that happening, which is instead of the house killing a Delta Green agent, it is a Delta Green agent who has disappeared inside of the house and you're trying to find them.
3: Yeah, this reminds me a little bit of one of the God's Teeth scenarios they played on our PPR, where at one point late in the campaign, a Mythos monster tries to lure out the players by essentially attacking their case officer and forcing them to go looking for him.
2: Yes, and this was a case where I believe one of the things you mentioned about that series is that it was an example of how the players actually can be made to care about the NPC case officer, who undergoes some kind of progression throughout the sequence of events.
3: Uh, the way it changes is that their case officer becomes more and more put upon as they just keep wildly reacting to strange shit that he doesn't
2: understand because he doesn't have this
3: weird connection with a mythos god.
2: Yeah, I remember at the beginning of the um of the series, I think it was in episode 2, the case officer very loudly threatens the players. He says, "Give me one reason why I shouldn't just feed you to the police." And that was a moment where I was like, these these people are very, you know, like people complain about certain members of the RPPR cast going like rejecting the premise of the adventure. I was like, "No, these guys are are um like saints for putting up with this because the people that I know that play Delta Green, if you have the case officer directly threaten them, that case officer is leaving the scenario in a bag.
1: If I recall, that was the end of the first episode, and that was the framing device for the rest of the campaign. I
2: understand that, and I think that if that had been handled slightly differently, which I think it is in the published version, it would have been great. But the specific language the case officer used is, give me one reason why I shouldn't just feed you to them.
1: I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one.
2: Okay. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not relevant for this. It's. Scenario. It's a thing we always come back to. Yeah. When we agree on it. Is. Is what. What level of antagonism is essential to the genre versus what is going to provoke a rejection of whatever the characters are, are supposed to do in order to actually play the game. And so I think that this one is pretty easy to adapt because we've already been given all of the pieces necessary. Uh. So uh, this one being Diane House to the premise of. Music from a darkened room. So someone who is important to the player characters, and like ideally someone who the actual players like as well, because that's important. Is that if someone goes missing, um, the players are gonna care more if it's someone they actually like out of character, as well as being told that they should care about in character. Which I think is what I was getting to when I when I did that elaborate filibuster just now about the case officer. Is that it should be the case officer that they they like, if that's that's who goes missing. Yeah,
0: give them a reason to actually go in and figure it out,
2: yeah, and so the the Dionia house is a cool um prompt because it is it's it's a little different from the music from Darkened room because it does not use the mythos because music for darken room is very tied into like the canonical like here's the cult of Nerlathotep and here is the way that his magic influenced this house and so on and you know you can find the magic ghost table with the with the the sculptures of not sculptures the carvings of the bloody tongue guy on the side which fine but i think that i lean a bit more towards daina house on this one because i think it's fun to have unique entities and uh will i'm going to say that i think that if you read this story, you're probably gonna like that it has a very different. I, I'm I'm imagining that it has a very it has a similar atmosphere when you're inside this house and exploring it and so on. But it would have like a very different tone and very different soundscape from something like Music from a Darkened Room because Music from a Darkened Room you have the eponymous music, you have the the um, I remember you you use this the telephone sound effect to great effect. Whereas the descriptive text given in the story for the Dionia House is that it is much more biological, and so it would be stuff like the Ooh. the breathing and the teeth, and um, it's constantly described as smelling like sweet bread when it breathes, because it has a very primitive set of like tools that it uses to lure people into it, but then it has a lot of more sophisticated ones as well, like it, it can actually send letters, it can send pieces of mail that Lure people into it. It can generate like a false driver's license or whatever, or other documents that resemble the ones that the person you care about actually had. And I like that because that is something that you can use to hook people outside the normal Delta Green framework. Because one thing that Delta Green we always struggle with, maybe not always, but sometimes it's difficult to say, how do we become involved? And If we accept the premise that like attracts like, and that people who are attuned to the unnatural are more likely to experience unnatural events, which in Delta Green is canonically true due to the cracked agent mechanic in the Labyrinth, which I think is a great mechanic for exactly this reason, if we accept that, then your player character, out of everyone else in the world getting one of these letters, is entirely fitting with the setting conceit, and provides an interesting alternate method of getting the player characters involved. I mean, it's a, little, it's a little close to what you'd find in Call of Cthulhu. Like, you know, you get a letter from your uncle.
3: I'm, I'm still fixated on the idea that it can generate fake documents, because I, I think you've actually... I read the original story and one of the spin-offs, so it sounds like you're actually a lot more familiar with the mythos of it than I am but i can't get this image out of my head of like someone gives you their driver's license and for whatever reason as you're examining it you realize it's actually just like a painted piece of keratin or whatever it's not it's not laminated plastic yes. it's like actually just a giant fingernail
2: yes because there's there's various descriptions given like the the windows of the house are not made of glass they're made of a transparent material that can't be smashed because it just it's just like rubbery almost like skin and so you have to use a, a tearing weapon if you want to escape from the house after it's trapped you and um there is one of one of the one of the character that gives like all that like describes all the mechanics of the house is this like basically just uh homeless secret agent essentially this person who's very good at violence and can't live in normal society and who was event who apparently got in trouble for actually killing someone associated with the house for killing one of the um the duplicates that it made or the uh, pers- or people that it subverted because um, the house can do all kinds of things like uh, if it if it captures somebody or whatever and it doesn't feel like eating them then it uh, sends them out. The one, the one thing I will say to criticize this story is that it has the because, because it's presented as a collection of letters it has the same issue as a lot of like games that use audio logs or text or whatever or, like written documents or whatever uh, it has the same issue as a lot of the old, like, mythos stories, which is that the character somehow continues texting or writing as they're being eaten by the creature. And it's like, you know, you could have just left the room instead of pausing to write this down and then written this all to us. And I understand that, you know, like, oh, the horror movie protagonist did something stupid, but I think it's enough of a cliche that it kind of violates my suspension of disbelief when it happens. I can
3: sort of get it in, like, the 21st century, because I think part of it is framed as he's texting someone the whole time as he's exploring the house.
2: yeah. It's an email dump of all the text that he got because the guy had a thing where he sent send his text to email. Okay. Or yeah, something like that. God, these
3: days would be probably like a live stream from a GoPro as he's going through the house. Yeah, he'd be like yeah. on
2: Periscope or something. It'd be TikToks, just a lot of TikToks. So that's that's good. I like I like where we've got with this one. Um, does anyone have anything else for this one, or is there another prompt that you guys would like to go after for uh, the canon scenarios? I
3: might probably have some more I can add to this one, just because I know the company. Please do, yeah. All right, so the two things I was thinking of is, in Music from a Darkened Room, the house is just sadistic and it's trying to kill you, right? But in this one... Because it's essentially just an animal trying to feed, instead of outright trying to kill you, it's probably trying to keep you inside the house without necessarily killing you. So it can slowly digest you or reprogram you into whatever kind of drone it wants. Yeah. So like, not dying is less of the objective than just get outside, cut your way through the windows, bash down the doors. And the other thing I was thinking is, I think one of the turning points in the original story is him finding the house, flying across the country to check out another lead and finding the exact same house there. So it's like if you burn down the house, you've burned down one house, but there either it's able to exist in multiple places or there's just a bunch of them out there.
2: Yes, and I like that it's the same house everywhere because it implies that the creature is is if it if it's multiple houses that it's the creature, it's a creature that reproduces clonally and only like acquires new abilities through um like some weird Lamarck reinforcement learning.
0: What if it's like a quantum house?
2: That was, that was one of the, one of the things that the character suggests in the text that it can exist in multiple places, as long as it's not being simultaneously observed in all of them.
0: That'd be a neat, if it was like a quantum house, that would be a neat, there could be a, you could tie a neat way to like defeat it to that.
2: I don't know. I feel like it's too abstract. How would you, how would you make that more mechanically interactive?
0: I don't know. I mean, like, so, like, w- what bad things might happen if you knew you, if you could get like three people to observe it at once from like three different locations? Like, maybe you would have to utilize its, you know, like energy reserves to be in all three places, and it would weaken it.
1: You know, there's a puzzle in the Outer Wilds that uses a similar kind of quantum observation thing, where you use cameras to lock quantum objects into a particular position so that they're still there when you're not looking at them. Yes, the little moon. Yeah. So maybe maybe there's something there. Maybe you 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 burn down the one house and then you put like a webcam on a live stream, uh, that that constantly streams the 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 ruins of the house so that it can't re instantiate itself somewhere else.
2: Right. While well you go and you kill the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. There's something there. It's like uh, burning the head, burning the neck of the hydra. draft, you cut off the heads.
1: Also, I just spoiled the Outer Wilds for anybody who hasn't played it because that's a big puzzle. So uh, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah.
3: I would hate to be the repairman who has to go out and fix that camera if like <laughs> somebody kicks a soccer ball into it or it just
2: starts raining really hard, it shorts out.
1: I mean there you go, there's uh Yeah, there's your follow up advent- built in adventure hooks.
2: And it gets you it gets you to a lot of the same place as um as the Delta Green module, because in Music from a Darkened Room, unless you find the full, like, Exorcism subplot, your options are basically, this is something that has to be, like, maintained forever by Delta Green. There has to be some... I,
1: I maintain that's a feature, not a bug.
2: Yes. I, but I'm saying that this, we're getting to a similar place with this, with this module that we're building in our heads. Good. We'll put a link to Dynia House in the episode, because I think that it's fun, and it, when, 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 you read it, you'll immediately see how it's a very similar prompt. You know what? I'm actually curious because um, I want to say the original music was like 2003, 2004-ish, late, early 2000s. And that's pretty much the exact same time period that Dainia House comes from. And I'm wondering if they're both drawing from a similar like third piece of media that we're not thinking of.
1: We should ask Dennis when we finally have him on the show.
2: Yeah, that would be cool.
1: So somebody write that down. Yeah.
2: Okay. I think this is this is good. Does anyone have anything else for Dainya House and uh, the music Dragon Room?
3: No. I think I've drawn on my knowledge of the property.
2: Does anyone have any of these? Um, it doesn't have to be one of these prompts. It can be another published module that that uh, that you would do a different thing based on the premise of, or it can be a fan made a fan made module. Does anyone have anything that immediately jumps out at them?
0: I mean, I I know so I mean, the the original prompt for Future Perfect. As written by Dennis, was what if a federal raid on a big corporation revealed that they somehow had access to recent, freshly killed dinosaurs? And uh, I mean, I mean, to get the elephant out of the room. I feel like I'd love to play that scenario, but I don't know how it would, if it ever got written.
2: It, it's a, it's basically a that that descriptive text there. That is a reversal of how things actually go in Future Perfect Part Three. Future Perfect Part Three is. Going from the prem- going from the premise that Delta Green already knows something up, something is up with the fucked up corporation. They engineer a raid on it. I mean, that that's like 90% of how of how it's probably going to go. There's avenues for other approaches, but they are pretty well hidden. And I, it doesn't seem like the scenario was written with this with the assumption that they would actually happen. But um, I agree, Kevin. I think that 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 this if this prompt had been what was on the mind of the original of of, of Dennis Tatt-Willer when he was writing Future Perfect Part three, Future Perfect Part three would have been massively better.
0: I didn't mean I think Future Perfect Part one would have been better if there was more I mean like I I, I think of a lot that that a corporation could do if they had access to dinosaurs. And I feel like we didn't really get that glimpse.
2: I like part one the way it is. I do agree. I I do think this would give it a bit more direction, but it not having a ton of direction is fine if you're using it as an introductory scenario and the players are self-motivated to go and explore things. I think that Future Perfect part one is a a much better scenario than I used to give it credit for, mainly because the actual puzzle with the gate is actually much better designed than I thought due to me just misreading it. Which is ironic, considering that the reason why I used to think the puzzle sucked was because of players misreading things in character in the scenario. But it turns out that I was actually wrong. How do we build our alternate future perfect in a way that used this prompt? Because let's let's be clear. I think that future perfect as it is, there's a lot of cool stuff. But how do we do it differently?
0: I mean, I guess the question we have to dig down to is, what are they using dinosaurs for? And like, so to me, I go in the direction of like a Jurassic Park-esque like. Because I, I think the dinosaurs all die in the in the present because they can't like sustain their breathing or something. Um,
1: there was more oxygen in the uh, the, the distant past than there is in the modern day in the atmosphere. So,
0: like, so if I was a corporation and I could get dinosaurs, I would try to reverse engineer them to be more oxygen like able.
2: So that is that is actually what they do in the original novel Jurassic Park. There's actually a very elaborate description of all the modifications they make to the dinosaurs in order to make them better at surviving in the present day because the Like embryos would not have been viable if they hadn't modified them. And those modifications are one of the things that kind of fucks them in the end. Like, they gave the dinosaurs frog DNA to do some with the eggs or whatever, but that also gave them um, there was like whatever species of frog had the ability to reproduce parthenogenically, or like sequential hermaphrodize, so that even though they made all the dinosaurs one sex, they were able to, to, to flip so they could start reproducing. Oops. Yeah. So, you could definitely just do, like, Here's a time portal. They use it to get dinosaurs, and or 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 you know, just just a classic like Jurassic Park method. They use it to 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 resurrect these creatures and then reverse engineer them to do bad stuff, like be military war animals or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, so like, I, I guess in my mind, I'm envisioning the corporation as like Raytheon. Yeah, Raytheon. Like, what would Raytheon do with dinosaurs?
2: Yeah, and the thing that that I remember from uh the let's see, so 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 here's the other question is um like. What is your favorite dinosaur that you would include in the scenario?
0: I mean, I gotta go Velociraptor, but that's mainly because of Jurassic Park. Because like, I just like how clever and shit they are.
2: Do you want a like an actual Velociraptor, or do you want a a real life dinosaur that acts like the the one from the movie? Because everyone knows now that the real life Velociraptor was kind of a joke, and that the real the real like the ones that you should be scared of are like Dionycus and Utah Raptor and those guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I want the one from the.
2: Okay, so the one the one in the movie would probably be more like a Utah Raptor or something, which is, you know, that yeah. that size and approximately that behavior. Although it's difficult to say whether they were actually like smart or stupid or scavengers or hunters.
0: It's not isn't it's not hard to imagine the corporation giving the bigger brains though, you know. God, we gotta make them smarter so they can, you know, communicate with our soldiers.
1: Oh god, they're really smart now. What have we done? Who could have foreseen this? Yeah.
0: But I mean I'm not sure, like it's a fun... I mean, Jurassic Park's a fun idea, and a Delta Green game set, Jurassic Park is a knee, but I'm not sure there's a lot. Yeah. It's not much there. Like, after that, I run out of ideas.
3: I'm pretty sure I read somewhere Crichton said in an interview that when he originally wrote Jurassic Park, the book, that like Velociraptor and Deinonychus were given the same classification. Right. It's a taxonomic he, thing. Yeah. And so he was actually thinking of Deinonychus, but then they later split the classification, and uh, Velociraptor is what stuck. But I still think Deinonychus isn't necessarily big enough to be that kind of raptor. I think Utah Raptor is the better one.
2: And yet for those of you who, who, um, you know, the viewers of, of culture might recognize Utah Raptor as one of the characters from Dinosaur Comics.
1: Yeah, whereas uh, Deinonychus Di- is the, uh, the the Greek uh, god of wine partying.
2: Yeah, I think Dio- <laughs> good job. <laughs> Perfect. That is a distinction that a lot of people actually know from uh, Calvin and Hobbes, because one of his Calvin is, you know, he's like a caricature of every six year old, 10 year old boy, whatever likes dinosaurs. And one of the things that I remember from the, uh, the Sunday strips that have like the really lavishly illustrated dinosaurs is that he specifically, when he talks about like the dinosaurs eating all the kids at his school, because you know, that's what you, and and it's one of those things where like, we're like, Everyone's so paranoid now that if you wrote that today, people would be like, that's completely inappropriate for a child to fantasize about that, even though that's what every fucking kid is fantasizing about. Um, He specifically calls out, like, the exact taxa of the specific dinosaurs. Like, he doesn't say it's a velociraptor, he's, like, giving the actual proper phylum or whatever. I remember that distinctly, but I don't remember which one it was. So is there a way to spin this that isn't just Jurassic Park, but in Delta Green? I have a thought.
3: You spin it as a sound of thunder the Ray Bradbury story.
2: I'm not familiar.
3: Basically there is a service where if you're rich enough you can go back in time and hunt dinosaurs. And there's That's a cool. lot of there's a lot of stuff in there about the butterfly effect and how you need to stay on the path and they select they specifically select dinosaurs that are about to like die anyway from having a tree fall on them or whatever. But for the purposes of this scenario I would probably say it's like They're trophy hunters going back in time, and you found uh, the corporation itself isn't necessarily tied to this, except that everybody in the C-suite spends their uh, breaks and vacations in the Mesozoic era.
2: Yes. Now, what about... Because I like like that, and I think that um, the main peril that you get into with... Explicitly acknowledging the time travel element, like they did with *Future Perfect* Part Three and Four, is that you can ra- very rapidly get into situations that are kind of opaque to the players regarding, like, which dinosaur is okay to shoot, what are the consequences a, a million years later, hundred million years later, of their actions in the past. I think that could be very difficult for the the handler without some, without some some either constraints on the scope or some better heuristics about how the effect works.
3: Right. I don't know, like maybe a meta narrative level, that's kind of why Delta Green is concerned, that what it yes. has, has huge effects on the timeline. I don't know if I would really lean on that in the gameplay, because that could be really paralyzing.
2: Yeah, because one of the nice things about Future Perfect Part 1 and about Artifact Zero is that both of those scenarios have pretty constrained, straightforward ways for how the time travel effect works that are mechanically interesting and narratively interesting like people from the past appearing in the present with items that are recognizable as millions of years old versions of present day objects so the question is how do we do that for this concept cuz i have an alternate idea for where the dinosaurs come from but i want to see if we can um, if there's more to explore with this one
0: no i mean is there anything that would anything that would last you know, the years and still be like still be like viable.
2: Oh, absolutely. There's so, there's be, like, so 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 there's there's a ton of stuff that you could do. You could say that they hunt the dinosaurs using a a rifled tungsten slug because tungsten is a material that is extremely durable and would probably be recognizable as a tungsten slug in that amount of time. One of the issues though is that if I if I dug the paleontologist find the skellington of the dinosaur with the rifle tungsten slug in it that doesn't explain how delta green traces that back to the scenario yeah so there's a there's a, a piece missing because the, th- the reason why artifact zero was why it worked was that it was a cluster of guys around an object that did not belong where it was found
0: so like i'm wondering if instead of it being this like secret like sea level you know people that go on these like you know secret like black ops hunting trips into the past whether it's just, like, commoditized. Like, this is a totally normal company, people do it all the time, and then something goes wrong. Yeah,
2: so Delta Green Delta Green tries extremely hard to make the setting a one-to-one with the present day, except with wizard shit happening in the background. And this is an alternate presentation that I think we might have discussed before on the show, and I think that there was a similar question asked about this on the good friends show because it's a concept that people keep coming back to which is what if rather than just assuming that the masquerade is always kept up and that any technological progress is always smashed into the dirt by delta green killing the first caveman to invent fire what if instead we do assume that a setting changes radically as a result of a technological discovery in that that is made public this is, if you'll recall, how I and how we ended um, the original run of Beyond the Mountains of Madness that um, led to, the, eventually, through circuitous events, led to the creation of this podcast.
1: Yeah, that was a very, um, that, that had knock-on effects, shall we say, in <laughs> <Yeah>. the timeline. <laughs>
2: and I did actually briefly toy with the idea of writing some content for that setting. Like for being the uh, for for adventures on the satellite that the United States builds with Elder Thing technology that is orbiting the planet with a handful of astronauts when the nameless god gets out of jail free and slurps up the planet, and so you're on you're on the um, it's basically just System Shock or System Shock Two because you're on the um, the satellite you're on the spaceship coming back from the Mars mission. And you get, in, in like 1948, and you get a uh, you get a radio transmission waking you up from hypnosleep that says, whatever you do, do not look at the earth, do not look <laughs> out the window, just fly by instruments, dock at the satellite, I'll explain later. That's pretty good. And then you get aboard the satellite and all the people have their brains fried because they were um, looking at the wrong side of it when the nameless god woke up. And the ultimate villain of it is Dr. Albemarle, because he um, is... The, he 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 he's like the old. He worships the nameless god, but he's the only one to have retained his intelligence. So he's of course he's an evil genius. Anyway, this is Checks a out. this is a deep dive. But basically, the um the question is, uh, Kevin or anyone else, how would you handle a Delta Green game set in a world where the something like that had become public knowledge and was widely widely available?
0: I, don't know, I mean, it'd be an interesting way to do it. I mean, we we kind of did with <laughs> Slam Dance Slam I mean, it's not widely not public knowledge, but it's like you know we let the cartel widely you know utilizes zombie technology so that was like a step in that direction yes and i I think i think there's i just think with like the dinosaur aspect there's more to it if it's like a totally normal thing and then then something happens and delta green has to like figure it out
2: yeah so delta green setting in the background states outright that certain mundane technological discoveries are actually alien technology like there's a I think a throwaway line in the original Splat that certain things that we take for granted like certain types of radar or microwave technology is from like the not from the Accord but from the original Roswell crash which is something that appears a lot in ufology lore and New Delta Green explicitly states that certain food additives are derived from secretions created by chebnegrath cool but that stuff is designed to be more like a spooky conspiracy than a public revelation of something truly shocking.
1: Yeah, I don't
0: know how we make it more.
2: I think that at that point, um, the mission of Delta Green is radically changed from concealing the unnatural to a more BPRD style of...
0: Like supernatural police. Yeah,
2: explicitly public-facing role of containing the negative impacts of this revelation. Like Fringe. Similar to Fringe, yes, or any any show that has like time police would be probably what Delta King would end up doing if there was a dinosaur portal.
1: One of the one of the plot details in Fringe is that in in the alternate universe, because the alternate universe was much more drastically affected by anomalies and shit than than our universe, uh, the Fringe division is very much a public-facing organization. Like they have, like everybody knows they exist and there's, like, parts of major cities that are covered in, like, containment areas. Yes. People just kind of live with that.
2: There was a similar thing in the early... There's a hotline
1: ep- you call if weird shit happens that goes straight to the fringe division?
2: Yeah. There was a similar thing in the reboot of, um, like, the, the, the early episodes of the Doctor Who reboot, where they go to a parallel reality where on earth because they didn't have an invincible time guy policing all the occult mysteries the secret agency that's like five guys in a basement in our reality is now a massive like paramilitary agency that is charged with protecting the planet from all this stuff it's basically well i guess i guess though technically in in um in the old series they had uh unit, which is pretty much the same thing. I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting fucked up here, but it's the same idea of in the parallel reality where things got way worse, there is a public-facing very aggressive response to the intrusion of the unnatural. So with that, is there any more we want to do on dinosaurs?
1: Yeah, I got nothing else for dinos. For, for dinos.
2: So what about are there any fan scenarios that you guys think would be fun to take in a different direction?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have something to throw in, but honestly, I got I got absolutely nothing. I'm completely blanking. I'm not. I'm. I'm clearly not very good at this exercise. I mean, so the
0: premise of one of the ones I wrote for it was two years ago, shotgun contest. I don't know. I can't. I don't know what year it is. But Gulf of Time. Um. The the, the entire premise was that I really just wanted to write about a, de- a destroyer in a certain battle of World War Two, but the but in reality, like if I think about it, the the hook was, you know, what if the Japanese, you know, had like hypergeometric, you know, like weaponry. Uh when I think if we, if we use that as a prompt, I imagine there's a lot more interesting ways that scenario could have gone.
2: Oh, I was going to no, know, I was going to go in the exact opposite direction and say um, instead of being trapped in recreating Kevin's favorite naval battle over and over again forever, uh what if instead it was like that bit in Star Trek where the Enterprise gets sucked into like all the other enterprises around it from the alternate realities and then they fight it out. So, in this in this situation Kevin's favorite destroyer escort that fought like a battleship is pitted against all the other destroyer escorts that fought like a battleship from all the alternate realities where things fuck, things are fucked up. That's kind of cool. And some of those ships will also have um, parallel universe Delta Greens that got trapped aboard them when they went to investigate them.
1: How do you
0: get Delta Green there in the first place? Because Delta, Delta Green probably wouldn't be investigating much in World War II.
2: No, you get you, Kevin, you do it the same way that you did it in your scenario with... Yeah, okay. The sunken ship that has various anomalous properties. I can't remember in that scenario why the players are involved in the first place. I remember one of the difficulties I had with the premise that you'd written was that it's like any scenario that requires a set of specialized skills, where it's like, how, why would they just hire the regular player characters to do this if they needed like naval battleship exploration experts with scuba training? It's
0: like Armageddon. It's like, let's take these guys who know how to mine. Deep Mind, and let's turn them how to be astronauts yeah. so teaching an Don't astronaut. do remind me that mind. that film yeah. exists. I mean, it's it's a complete contrivance. Like you know, Delta Green, like gets a strange you know email with some coordinates, and someone's like, "Go investigate this." Arma- all
2: right. Arma- Armageddon's gonna fit in your mouth, son. Yeah. All right. So so I I I I have mine because and and I was I was I'm kind of in part basing this on the uh, the Fatal and Friends of Silent Legions. Because the guy the guy was testing out the like Silent Legion's alternate dimension creation rules and he found he, he set up a an alternate dimension where it was infested with the same ship over and over again from different realities that had formed a floating city of aircraft carriers. And this realm was like infested with monsters because anytime you have lots of parallel universe travel it makes the it's kinda like in in Half Life how um, Having too many dimensional portals creates a portal storm, and the portal storm attracts people from the really fucked up dimensions that you don't want to notice your reality. So that's what I thought of when I thought of how to how to spin this this one differently. And I I think I would enjoy that scenario more. And I and I'm definitely not just saying that because it's my I basically took your idea and turned it into my idea.
3: That's kind of the premise of the
2: exercise, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's valid. Kevin, um, I I will point out that we actually did this prompt reinterpretation exercise with your aborted Din Bin Fu scenario in our Fall Delta Green scenario building episode. We took that prompt and we built a different scenario based on it, uh, down to stuff like, I remember you said that in your original one it was some jet aircraft that was armed with a nuclear bomb, whereas uh, in my riff on it it was a, um, I think a B-52,
0: yeah, as a bigger plan of some something. Yeah, and, that, and
2: different different envisionings of the political circumstances under which the decision was made to use a nuclear weapon to help the French escape. And I think this may not be the only time that we've done that. I think some of our other um, we've we've done other episodes where we have tried to rehabilitate scenarios that we felt that we didn't like for whatever reason. Because I have I have a fan. Um, module that I can riff on but I'm I'm realizing that I think I've already talked about this on the show the winning shotgun scenario from last year the one about deep ones in the bayou that premise deep ones in the bayou to me was very evocative but I felt that the actual scenario was just neonomicon but in the swamp and when I think of the deep ones in the bayou, what I think is that there's three feuding families the alligator deep ones, the crawfish deep ones, and the catfish deep ones. And they have basically transitioned from just insults and like knocking each other over each other's shrimping boats to like full scale swamp based warfare. And so it's up to Delta Green if you want to like CIA style pick a family to support in the conflict so that they'll. Do what you say afterwards, or try and like do an arranged marriage between all three of them to make them stop fighting, or maybe exterminate them all if you can find a way to kill them. That was my re- revisioning of that, and the issue is that that's a very labor-intensive scenario to write because it involves writing lots of geographic areas and NPCs.
0: Yeah, three different types of deep ones, and yeah,
2: there's
0: a lot there. It just makes me, I guess, something I've been wanting to do in probably Gunslinger when it's more when I'm more more able to is is like a hunt. Showdown style uh, scenario. Kevin. On Kevin super be
2: careful because the last time you said I want to take my favorite PvP slash PvE, um, like ultra slow paced tactical stealth based shooter and looter shooter and turn it into a Delta Green scenario, it was not your finest work.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't even remember what it's called. <laughs> no, Hus, Hus, oh yeah, it's, it's called Tusker Do because my new scenario is is has a name similar to that. It made me chuckle when I remembered it. But you know, not, not everything you write could be a banger.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I think that um, the thing that makes Hunt Showdown better for that concept is that there's things to do in it besides just roll firearms at the NPCs because it's about like hunting a monster to get treasure, which is much more. Interesting in an RPG.
0: Yeah, and finding clues can be interpreted as like finding clues, etc.
2: Nice. Yeah, I'm 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 confident that this one's going to be good when you finally do it. Yeah, someday.
0: <laughs> to circle back to the beginning, I guess is, you know why did people listen to us talk about this? There's definitely value in if, I mean, obviously there's value in writing your own original scenarios, but everything's a remix, so there's also value in using you know the 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 basic problems of someone else's scenario and going in a different direction you know you're not as long as you're not just like changing only one thing if you make like some of our things we talked about are pretty pretty ridiculously far from you know the original um you know it's a totally valid writing exercise a way to you know create content uh but there's other problems we can talk about in another you know in a future episode if we get if we're looking for something else to do you know it's interesting